0: Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia.
1: This is Delfina Govia, your busy business boss, executive, strategist, and transformational leader whose mission on this show is to educate, engage, and energize the global community on topics of sustainability and ESG. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Energy Pipeline is coming at you from the Gas Machinery Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. My name is Delphina Gobia, and I am sitting in for my colleague Jordan Yates, your usual host of the show. And with me today, I have her usual co-host, Lizzie Hurd. Lizzie, how are you
2: today? Doing great. Excited to be here.
1: Isn't it exciting that we have this fabulous guest with us, Dr. Reiner Kurtz? Yes, it's going to be a fun conversation. Dr. Kurtz, welcome to the show. Thank you. Dr. Kurtz is the manager of gas compressor engineering at Solar Turbines, which is a caterpillar company. Mm -hmm. So Lizzie, is it turbines or turbines? That's a great question. I don't know. (laughs) Dr. Kurtz, do you have an opinion?
0: You know, English is my second language, so uh, I'll I'll go with either one.
2: (laughs) So, Dr. Kurtz, can you start off by just introducing our audience to you? Can you tell us a little bit about your role, your background, how did you get to be where you are
0: today? (laughs) Okay, let's start sort of with the background. I'm originally from Germany, and about 30 years ago, thought it would be actually really need to live in the US and then the company made me an offer and then Solar eventually hired me from that company. That's how I got to San Diego and um, you know San Diego is a very nice place to live and, and actually Solar Turbines is a very good company to work for. Um, I started out in a role uh, where we support uh, oil and gas sales. And I did that for almost 25 years and then um, I was asked to head the gas compressor engineering organization. So that's basically the people who design, develop uh, our line of centrifugal gas compressors, which are designed to be, to to work together with the gas turbines uh, that we make. And we predominantly serve the oil and gas upstream and midstream industry with these with these gas compressors.
1: Ah, fabulous! So, talking about gas compressors and gas compression technologies, which we we know that you are quite the expert. You failed to mention, Dr. Kurtz, that you've written two books. Can we just sneak that in there?
0: Yeah, I mean, again. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the neat things is that um, you know I've been working with in, in the general industry with gas turbines and with, with gas compressors for many years, and uh, then the opportunity came up. Oh yeah, can you write a book about this? And it was actually really, really, really fun to do that uh, because. There's one thing about talking about things, but once you have to bring that in, in, into words into, in, in and in a coherent text, then you really realize what, what you know and what you don't know. Yeah. And so I learned a lot actually writing these books.
1: Well, you're going to be sharing some of that knowledge right here, right now with us. So let's talk about the, the centrifugal gas compressors. How are centrif- centrifugal gas compressors and gas turbines related, different, from the perspective of compression technologies. Give us an overview, because solar turbines is, is known for their centrifugal compressors. Yes.
0: Um, a lot of the, the industry in this country, actually worldwide, relies on the use of natural gas. And that natural gas, in order to, uh, to um, gather this natural gas to um, and to transport natural gas requires that you compress that gas. And there are a couple of different methods of doing compression. There are uh, so-called reciprocating compressors that basically have pistons going up and down and there are centrifugal compressors which basically have um, spinning airfoils. Um, there's actually if, if you want to become a bit more technical uh, the reciprocating compressors are called positive displacement compressors because they basically squeeze the gas by the action of the pistons as opposed to centrifugal compressors which are called dynamic compressors because the movement of the impellers actually imparts energy into the gas and then that shows up as a higher pressure
2: so then in what applications is a gas turbine and a centrifugal compressor, best suited
0: for for the customer. Uh, we do a lot of business with pipeline companies. Mm-hmm. So if you look at uh, in North America, in in uh, South uh, in South America, in Europe, Middle East, uh, Southeast Asia, a lot of people build gas pipelines to transport gas over uh, often very long distances,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. To transport that gas, you have to compress it. And the neat thing with a gas turbine is actually we can, uh, when we install our our packages at a pipeline, we can actually use the gas that's transported in these pipelines as fuel for our gas turbines. So you don't have to uh, develop a lot of extra infrastructure. You basically run these machines off the gas that you transport. And that is indeed one of, the, one, one of the big usages of gas turbines. But there are others. Uh, there, there is a lot of gas compression. For example, if you go offshore on offshore platforms, either part of getting gas from gas fields, which is basically underground gas storages, or um, helping to increase the oil production Um, which also has something to do with pumping gas into wells, pumping gas into reservoirs, and also generally dealing with the gas that's produced as part of the oil production. And so uh, I I probably need to mention that, that 30 years ago, a lot of that gas would have been flared. Today, we compress that gas... Uh, We use it either to enhance oil production or we transport it to shore where actually people can use it, for example, to drive power plants. So that in and by itself has greatly increased the, the, let's say, environmentally friendliness of the oil production.
1: And we've talked about this uh, quite a bit on my show which is around my shows on, on ESG and sustainability, that also lends itself to, hey, this is, gas is a valuable commodity, so why are we not capturing it and reusing it mm-hmm. instead of just you know, yes. releasing it into the air?
0: And I mean, you- also in the discussion, um, yes, natural gas is a fossil fuel, but you, just by switching, for example, from coal to natural gas, you, you literally have your, uh, your CO2 production. So, exactly. so, so, so it's not that every fossil fuel is, is created equal.
1: Very well said, thank you. I'm gonna have to re-air this on my show. <laughs> so you, you rattled off very quickly um, uh, innovation that has occurred over the last several decades in this space, where are you seeing the continued innovation? Because within, you also mentioned how you, you support quite dramatically the upstream oil industry and our, our pipelines in the midstream. There, we're going, we're building bigger pipelines, longer pipelines, we're going further further afield in deeper waters uh, and further beneath the ground. There's a lot of innovation that's that's coming about to be able to get to, to solve those challenges plus the environmental challenges. Where do you see the further innovation going? What do you see on the horizon or what do you have up your sleeve right now, Dr. Curtis?
0: Um, on the compressor side, if you, if you compare a compressor that was built... Uh, Thirty years ago, to the compressors that we're building today, we've greatly increased the efficiency. We've also greatly increased the operating range where we achieve higher efficiencies, and that basically means you get the same amount of gas pumped with less f- uh, fuel consumption, and subsequently also with, with, with fewer emissions. On the emission side, um, the, the combustion system in, in, in gas turbines uh, have reduced things like NOx emissions by almost two orders of magnitude in the last, I'd say about 30 years or so. Um, currently one of the big challenges of the industry is um, with, the, with the handling of a lot of renewable energy, what does that mean for uh, for, for our industry? I mean, we're looking into um, uh, hydrogen as a fuel gas and as a gas to compress, which has significant challenges. We're looking into uh, uh, the CO2 that can be captured and then sequestered. What are you going to do with that? So, So there is a lot of development really just because we are really see a lot new applications because of renewable energies.
2: Absolutely. You talked about a lot of good development there. Um, are there any success stories that you want to highlight, um, whether on the gas turbine side or the centrifugal compressor side, that you're really proud of?
0: I mean, well, there are a couple of things, we're talking about technology, but ultimately What is important for us, for our business, is that we keep our customers successful. And that success comes in in, in, in various uh, flavors. We've greatly increased the availability of our machines with a couple of things. Some of them, uh, for example, involving big data um, and and, and things like that. we have an unmatched delivery performance for our equipment, which is very important to, uh, to our customers. And we are arguably the market leader in customer services, meaning how fast we can respond uh, to um, customers who, for example, need a new engine fast or have uh, incurred a problem in their operation. And that's. That's, I have a bit of a problem saying, okay, there was this one point in time where we did that because it's an ongoing process. I think what, what, what I'm really proud about is that the people who, for example, work in my organization really take this very serious. So, so that's actually one, one of the big deals when we bring new people on board that everybody understands we are working for our customers.
2: Yeah, that's that's great and very important to keep the customer in mind. You mentioned big data. Can you talk a little bit more about what Solar Turbines is doing to uh, become smarter, use data in their day to day?
0: We have a um, system in place where we essentially get a lot of data from our fleets of gas turbines and gas compressors, and. This is not just, okay, we're getting, getting a lot of data. The smart part really comes what you do with this data. So for, for example, that we, that we can uh, do a lot of predictive maintenance that we can tell our customers upfront, look, nothing has failed yet, but half a year from now, you may have considered X, Y, Z, because we have some predictive capability. Uh, predictive capability. Again, the name of the game in oil and gas is availability. You put equipment in the field, it has to run. Because that's really how our customers earn their money. That's exactly
1: right. There are numerous, numerous stories of, of what I've worked offshore, where some partner, service provider whomever failed to live up to their end of the bargain when we're out there pulling oil out of the bottom of the ocean and we're shut down and every second is costing us money and so we as an as an operator it was all about making sure that we were always producing so that advantage of predictive maintenance, preventative maintenance being able to stay on top of these things. We in, we in the upstream business know it very, very well.
2: I can only imagine how frustrating it is to have your hands tied and not be able to do anything about it if you have equipment go down.
1: You, you, you do, we used to call our, our offshore uh, foremen, we used to call them coaches. We didn't call them foremen. And our coach would turn red and steam would start coming out of his ears. when uh, We could not get back up and running. So having, having a partner that understands that is dedicated to, to that sort of efficiency and continuous improvement that's going to allow us to stay on and get better is very much
2: appreciated. Speaking of continuous improvement and, and, again, tying back to innovation, and I might hint at a future episode that we will launch where we talk with uh, other research partners that Caterpillar has, but um, can you talk about some of the partners that Solar Turbines works with, whether it's an industry partner, a customer, or a research institution, to bring about some of the innovations that you've talked about?
0: Uh, We actually work very closely with a lot of different institutions. So so for this one, I'm going to narrow down what my organization does, because Solar does this on 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 a much wider scale. But for example, this conference here, which is organized uh, by the Gas Machinery Research Council. Uh, I have two of my co-workers in committees of that uh, organization. I'm in the board of directors. Because this is really a important um, group of people for us. These are all people that work in the industry in the industry that, that, that we're serving. Absolutely. We uh, work a lot with universities uh, at, at various levels. We support research projects, this network, uh, research projects with several universities, both in California and in, in, in other parts, um, uh, in, including worldwide. Okay. Um, we are very active also in, let's say, the, uh, the helping universities to, to teach students that we want to hire. So, so, for example, several of us are in advisory boards for some of the, uh, the universities, we basically help uh, develop uh, the, the curriculum that helps students to later find jobs. Really interesting. So, interesting. So, yeah, we're very active there.
2: Are there any um,
0: technological advances that you can speak to as a result of those? Well, for example, we developed uh, together with a university in, in San Diego a method to, to um, um, influence the gas flow out of out of turbine sections without having to move the mechanically. Um, We regularly have uh, students that work in our test facilities. I currently have an intern uh, who actually helps us setting up uh, one of our test facilities.
1: Is that a rotational position that you, the arrangement that you have with the university that you have, that students are allowed to rotate in and out of those types of positions?
0: No, we get we get a certain amount of, of uh, internship positions approved, and then uh, and then these we are hire. Internships. Yes, extremely important.
2: It's it's awesome to have good work as an intern and do rewarding, yes. valuable, yeah. important work.
0: Yes, and I mean it's also very helpful for us that we actually get to know the people that yes. we eventually may want to hire. Yes
1: you mentioned before we just you just talked about collaboration and partnership and dedicated dedication to your customers needs and before that we talked about our advancements in the industry to reduce our carbon footprint so looking at the topics of collaboration and sustainability. How are you seeing solar turbines influence in that space and the focus on sustainability? And the reason why I'm asking is Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this, but there is a beautiful booth that Solar Turbines has set up here at the conference. And they're showing some pretty compelling uh, solutions, sustainable solutions on their screen. So I was hoping Dr. Kurtz could share a little bit more about that with us.
0: Uh, part of the problem in the, in the sustainability discussion is really that there are a whole lot of actors. One of the things we're trying to do is actually to sort of bring rational arguments to the table, right? And and the other thing that we're doing is we're very closely listening to what our customers have to deal with, like in conferences like that. I just had a discussion with one of our customer companies on. Uh, some some finer details of potentially mixing hydrogen into natural gas pipelines, things like that.
1: Yeah, that expanding beyond just natural gas into other, into renewable solutions that are available, that's fantastic.
2: And it brings about another issue that we haven't talked about yet today, but it's safety. And with all these new challenges and these new problems, we have to keep safety in mind. What can you share with, what, how, with how Solar Turbines has handled that and how they've introduced their safe practices or advances?
0: The well, product? We have promoted a safety culture mm-hmm. within solar. So Vision Zero where we basically strive for zero incidents mm-hmm. and, and uh, that that is part of the culture and essentially we we promote that at every level. And it starts with starting meetings with safety movement uh, that starts with keeping an eye out when we walk through the manufacturing area or to our own areas where there's things that are not safe. But it's also a lot of collaborations with our customers. You know, we go to customer sites. I was at one in, in, in January. So part of that is that we also uh, get training from our customers what they expect from us. Mm-hmm. And on that particular visit, they, they had an interesting process. Uh, that I took with me, and I introduced that uh, for, for for our folks. I mean, it's a, it's a minor detail, but one of the things about safety is you learn from each other. That's right.
1: So let's let's take a step into the future. Let's look out and see what's on the horizon with emerging technologies and. What is going to be shaping the gas compression industry? And being as you are the type of person that's usually at the head of the innovation that's leading the way, what do you see going forward? What changes
0: might there be? Well, let, let me actually start with what's not going to change in the future. Ah, I like and, this. And, and that is that natural gas is not going to go away. I mean, sometimes when you when you when you listen to to publications or, or read publications or listen to to, to radio shows, it sounds like um, you know, come next January, we're all gonna live off renewables. There is no possible way to say we're gonna get out of out of natural gas. For one thing, it is a very environmentally friendly th- uh, fuel. But that does not mean that we sit on our hands and say, okay, fine, it's natural gas, we're good for the next 10 years, for the next 15 years. Uh, We've introduced a very large gas turbine, the largest largest turbine we've we've built just a few weeks ago, because we're confident that natural gas is not going to go away.
2: And that's the Titan 350. It's the Titan 350. And how big is
0: it? It's it's about 50,000 horsepower or so. 50,000. So currently our biggest one is 30,000 horsepower. So this is quite quite a step upwards. That's a big jump. But what we're doing is actually we improve the efficiency of the engine. We improve the efficiency of the compressor. And and that's probably one of the big areas. We help our customers. To run their uh, their equipment more efficient. So what, what I mentioned, uh, we, we can monitor data on the engines. We can simulate processes, so we can actually help our customers to save fuel. And and there is a huge potential, probably bigger uh, potential in really optimizing processes and using data to basically help people to operate more efficient than just uh, improving a bit of efficiency here or a bit of efficiency there. on the
2: How challenging of an engineering problem was that to go from 30,000 horsepower to 50,000 horsepower to improve the products, improve efficiency? How much of a hurdle was that?
1: It can't be just a direct scaling. No. it's right.
0: not. It it's a not a hurdle. It 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 is a, to, There are many pieces of the engine that, that are new. There are also many pieces of the compressors that that uh, our organization is responsible for that are also new. But what you always do in any development is that you base your development on experience that you have with existing machines. Um, so, so so, you don't go out and say, okay, we start with a green sheet of paper, we forget about everything you've heard in the last 60 years. Uh, it's, even though these are new engines, they're always evolution of existing machines, but with features that you either uh, because you increase your capabilities or lessons that you've learned by working with customers that you then bring into a new development. So it's it's... Um, it's it's more than just developing new technology. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're so what I'm seeing here, what I'm understanding here, is that solar turbines is going to continue to support the natural gas industry. You're going to do it by making more efficient uh, and more powerful pieces of equipment. That are going to help us move forward. In industry, you're going to make sure that what you do is more sustainable mm-hmm. for the environment, and you are doing this in collaboration with customers, with educational institutions, um, and with other partners.
0: Yes. There's one thing, one thing though, and that's very important. Um, we are working to improve the availability of our products and services, and I mentioned that earlier. You know, the best efficiency on a gas turbine does not buy you much if the machine doesn't run.
1: Mm-hmm. Well said. <laughs>
0: and and we, we are going through great lengths to help our customers to keep operating and to keep operating in the most efficient possible way. And that's, that's, you know, yeah, we are are an engineering organization. You always think, okay, these are the guys who do the drawings and do the CFD studies. Yeah, that too. But a lot of it is about people, people development that gives you, for example, the engineers or the service uh, uh, engineers that actually um, use these tools to make our customers more successful. So Dr. Kurtz,
1: last question. What is the one thing, the one thing that we need to know both about, the gas compression business, in general, and I think you already gave us a hint that natural gas is not going away. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. And what do we need? What do we need to remember walking away from this discussion around solar turbines?
0: Again, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, uh, the, the gas industry is not going to go away, but there are a lot of new technology. Ch- uh, challenges and in order to be successful a lot of the work is really collaborating with our customers and making our uh, looking for ways to make our customers more successful regardless of whether they decide this they only do natural gas or whether we decide to uh, work with hydrogen in, in, in various different ways or work with CO2. It's, 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 it's all about uh, increasing the, the, the customer value and, and very, very grateful very also to our employees that that's really the part that counts.
1: So let me tell you what I'm hearing. that You didn't actually say, but well, this is what I'm hearing. Lizzie, tell me if, if you're hearing this as well. Uh, and I'm going to tell you that being from the upstream world, being an operator, I can tell you that my thinking, I'm guilty of this thinking, when I think of caterpillar or when I thought of caterpillar in the past, I would think of them as a product company. what I'm and solar turbines being a subsidiary of Caterpillar, uh, also a product company. What I'm hearing, Dr. Kirk saying is that, don't just think about these guys if you need to buy a piece of equipment. Think about these guys when you need to solve a problem mm-hmm. and you need to innovate. Am I hearing you correctly? We need to change our thinking about you guys.
0: Um, if that, what you describe is your thinking about us guys, then yes, I absolutely would agree with you. It's not just about products. I mean, you have to have a good product. Don't understand me wrong. But it's really, you have to think yourselves into the shoes of of your customer, and you have to make your customer successful on all different levels.
2: Fantastic. Absolutely agree
1: with you. Well, Lizzie, I think that we have just been quite blessed to have Dr. Kurtz on our show. Yeah, thank you for joining us.
0: Absolutely, my pleasure. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you so much. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.